0: I'm Kate Northrup
1: and I'm Mike Watts and we're partners in life love and business
0: welcome to the Kate and Mike show where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship relationships parenting self-actualization and making a life not just a living
1: welcome back to the Kate and Mike show this is Mike Kate is spitting out a piece of ice she hi this is Kate <laughs> intro herself in a second Today we have a really special guest, our friend, and we've talked about him before on the podcast about when it came to membership sites, et cetera, and some knowledge we've learned from him, Stu McLaren. He has no relation to the McLaren cars, if you've been thinking about that. Or McLaren
0: strollers.
1: Yeah, McLaren strollers, no relation. you may or may not
0: be familiar.
1: I asked him that when I first met him. He's like, I get that every single time. And no.
0: (laughs) I've never even heard of McLaren cars. You haven't? No.
1: Oh, they're like $100,000 plus (laughs) automobiles. If not more than that. I don't it's know. not my area. They're like little... You wouldn't like them. You would think they're ugly. I'm sure I would. We're driving think, down in the street and like a Lamborghini passes and Kate's like, oh, God, that's they're ugly. They're the worst. So ugly.
0: <laughs> they are. They're just ugly. Anyway, that's neither here nor there.
1: They're built Tell me per- about Stu. Performance. Um, so this is Stu McLaren. Uh, he helps experts transform their knowledge and influence into recurring revenue by launching and growing and scaling seven and eight figure membership sites. In 2008, he co-founded the world's most popular membership platform for WordPress named Wishlist Member. When he sold his interests in October of 2014, they were empowering over 58,000 online communities and membership sites. So it gave him a unique understanding of dynamics involved in building highly profitable but low stress online communities. So really, he's super powerful in the online community space. And that's what
0: he's about. He's about... Big impact, low stress.
1: Yep. He also partnered with New York Times best-selling author Michael Hyatt, and together they took his business from a high six-figure business with lots of stress to a high seven-figure business with low stress. His profitability soared. His email list grew from seventy thousand to over five hundred thousand. Holy smokes! He gained back over a hundred plus days with his family by not having to travel. Yeah, baby. I mean, let's get a five hundred thousand on the email list. That's amazing. And in these grassroots marketing insights that his wife and him used to successfully launch a registered Canadian charity called world teacher aid. And since 2009, he's been building schools in IDP camps throughout Kenya. I don't know what IDP stands for, but he's been building schools in Kenya that are home to thousands of kids. And this work lights up his entrepreneurial soul. And he quickly realized the more money I make, the more impact I can have. That's why I'm so passionate about sharing his experience with other entrepreneurs. And he lives outside of Toronto. And here are a few fun facts. And I remember we went to James Wedmore's office and he has a board... What did it the, the say? Saying Anyway, I forget what the central piece was, but then Stu said he wants to give away 90% of his income. He wants to live off like 10% of the money that he makes. And he's super passionate about and for the schools, building schools in Kenya.
0: Which we didn't even talk about in the interview. No, we, we forgot, should have, But we should I'm glad have. we're talking about it now. We should have Stu back to talk about that.
1: Fun facts. He has swam with sharks, stingrays, and other underwater creatures. He's seen the Great Wall, the Great Barrier Reef, and climbed the haiku stairs I don't
0: know where that is maybe it's in Japan
1: he's dipped his toes in the Pacific the Atlantic and Indian Ocean these are all from his website I like it I've had heartbroken and filled with pure love Ooh, I like that I've struggled and I've won I've attended schools graduated from schools and eventually built schools Hmm. it's pretty cool he's won two national soccer championships and finished at the bottom of the league on different teams I've flown a fighter jet sailed in Vietnam across Hun Long Bay and driven in multiple mini rallies for mini coopers those are <laughs> fun <laughs> learning so <laughs> much amazing. about Stu. and i've trekked through the congo to see gorillas Ooh. oh wow he's got all- his website's cool i'm adidas fanatic these are random tidbits and i have fell deeper in love when i saw my wife coming down the aisle
0: oh, goodness.
1: i cried the first time i heard my daughter giggle I cried the day we found out we've been matched with our adopted son twice a week. I play competitive indoor soccer. He'd like to one day meet Bono and Richard Branson and Tom Peters. Awesome. So that's, so that's the bio, Stu.
0: which is awesome. And I want to impressive. put fun facts on
1: my website. What
0: I really love about Stu is he really walks his walk when he talks about having a big impact and big income. And low stress. He really is truly committed to that. And in this episode, we talk about making decisions and how to say yes or no to things. And he talks about how he filters, he has like three key things that he filters all decisions through. And I really loved his description of that. He also talked about a couple of rules he has in his life to make sure that his business and work does not take over his family time. And We talked about how he goes uh, to a warm place every winter and takes his family and works from like Costa Rica or Hawaii or Australia or something really cool Mm -hmm. and how he does that logistically. Of course, we talked about how he became membership site Jesus (laughs) and why membership sites are such a great way to have low stress, high income, high impact for the right type of business and we talked about a lot of other stuff i really love stew
1: he is a great example of someone that really likes hanging out with his family and running a business in a way that allows him to hang out with his family first and so it's cool it's great to find the focus of family first business second
0: so enjoy the episode So, hey, welcome to the Kate and Mike show. This is Kate.
1: This is Mike.
0: And we are here with our friend, Stu. Welcome, Stu.
2: Yay! Good to be here with you guys.
0: Yay! Stu McLaren is in the house. I don't know if you know this, (laughs) Stu, but in our company, we call you Membership Site Jesus. So, well, I...
2: I did not know that. That one is definitely a first. I've been called many things, but I don't think I've ever been called the membership Jesus before. But hey, listen, I welcome it with all arms.
0: <laughs> Probably not a very PC thing to say, but that's what our president, has started calling you. So and, and anytime we refer back to try to just, you know, to just go back and say like, are we doing this right? Or what else should we learn here? You know, I'll just, she's she's like, well, what does membership Jesus say? And I'm like, no, I'll go find out. <laughs> we'll shorten that
2: up. We'll just call me MJ for short. We'll just MJ. roll with that.
0: Yeah, we'll just go with MJ. <laughs> we'll just, um,
1: I just, the domain name is available, Stu. So if- <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll definitely go register that. That's great. Yeah, That's do something. Totally you can do great. something with that down the line.
0: Okay, so just just to be super timely. Cause I know you're in Costa Rica right now with your family and that's mm. something that you do every year, right? You go somewhere warm. Cause you live in a freezing town in Canada. <laughs> in the
2: yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. We Can you we, tell us about how you set that up like going, you know, going away every year and with your kids and how you guys do that running your business.
2: Yeah. Well, and it has to be said, my kids are young right now. So that's, makes things a little bit easier, especially from the school standpoint. I have no idea what we're going to do when they get a little bit older. We will cross that bridge when the time comes. But we got here because long story short, like Amy and I, we just don't like the cold. And, you know, in Canada, it gets cold from November essentially until April. And so one year we experimented, we decided to see if it was feasible or reasonable to go away for an extended period of time so our first time that we ever did it we went to hawaii for two months and it wasn't like it was you know all vacation all the time i definitely worked and basically what i did was i got into a rhythm where i would get up early like around five in the morning and i would work until like noon and then i'd have the rest of the day with the family and we would go explore the islands and we had a lot of fun and it was awesome and it worked and we're like okay well let's just do this again and so every year since that's what we've done we go away during the winter months and so you know we've gone to hawaii twice australia this year we're in costa rica but basically long story short we're just trying to go somewhere where it's hot and we like i work while we're here but we also enjoy the time as well
0: this is awesome sounds good yeah i know i just wanted to mention that because you know since you're in costa rica right now and i just think it's such a cool family tradition
2: yeah and i think like it's more feasible than people realize you know what i mean like especially nowadays with, you know, Airbnb and being able to rent like, you know, condos and homes. And by the way, you know, you can get great rates if you negotiate because the longer you stay, the better rates you get. So it actually, yeah, it actually works out fairly well. So for me, it's a necessity because it's like the time to recharge. We're all a warm-blooded family. My son, (laughs) he's, uh, we adopted him from South Africa and he is true african pure blood because he does not like the cold either so um, <laughs> <Poor guy. laughs> yeah when he used to see when we got here his just big smile on his face he's like oh he you know it's uh yeah so it's fun
0: and how old are your kids now
2: so my son just turned four and my daughter is six she'll be uh seven in a couple months so, okay, so yeah.
0: you just take her out of school like is she in kindergarten or first grade so do you just take her out
2: yeah, we're lucky. They're both in a Montessori school, so they're a little more open-minded to yeah. us taking the kids out, which okay. has been helpful. And then while we're here, like we like in the afternoons, we do a lot of stuff with them that are more educational, I guess you could say. Like we go on trips and we you – know, like yesterday, for example, we went – through the rainforest, and we we're looking at different animals. We looked at sloths and these green-eyed frogs and toucans. Like, it's just fun. And then, you know, particularly Marla, she'll come back, and she'll journal about that. And she, So there are, they are doing stuff while they're out here. But, yeah, they, uh, it's a little easier because they're in a Montessori school, and they're a little more open to that.
0: That's so cool. Well, I mean, one of the things I admire about you as an entrepreneur is how family focused you are. You know, we always want to learn from people who live lifestyles that are kind of like the lifestyle we would like to live. And, you know, I love that family is just like such a key part of your life. And that also you are raising little kids at the same time because so many of the business mentors that are out there are not raising kids of any age. <laughs> <And> so so <laughs> yeah. I would love to, you know, and, that, yeah. and we're just about to have our second. And so I just feel like so much of this particular season of life is about, like, I just, you know, it was just like about like, how do you do it with little kids? So what are some of your best strategies for running a business while having young children? And I know that running things in as stress-free of a manner, is it important to you? So like, I just feel like people often think, well, it's just going to be insane. Like running a business with kids is just insane and you're going to be super stressed out. But I don't think that that's the case with you. Am I right? Well, listen, I'm
2: not totally perfect, Kate, and I don't have everything (laughs) figured out by any means, but here's what I have figured out. You can engineer things the way you want when you run your own business. And one of the things that has really helped me, and I give credit to Amy, my wife, in helping me, you know, keep things aligned and the priorities a priority. Because I don't know about you guys, but for me, like if I were left to my own device, like I would become a hermit. Like I would sit in my office. And I just, I wouldn't leave and I would, wouldn't shave. I, you know, my hygiene just goes out the window and I would just work all the time. If I were just, if it was just me. And so I'd maybe pop out once in a while to go play a game of soccer, but that would be about it. But once we had kids like Amy really kind of put things in perspective and, you know, she, you know, we had many discussions about, listen, like there's a window of time here, you know, when we are able to be the greatest influence on our kids lives And so we need to make sure that that's a priority. And so one of the things that's really helped me is creating rules. So here's an example. Like my rule is that I want to be home when they're home. So for example, both kids go to school full-time during the day. So I drop them off in the morning and that's around like quarter to nine. And then they come home Amy picks them up around four o'clock. And then I make sure I'm home by 4.30. So then I'm home when they're home, and we have the evenings together. So that's just like one of those rules. So I don't book meetings that I know are gonna extend past four thirty. Everything basically ends. Now, with that said, sure there are busy times, like you know, if you're in the midst of a you know a launch or something like that, where some evenings are going to you know work's gonna extend into the evenings. But in general, I never book any webinars or any interviews or any meetings or anything that's going to extend past 430. That's just one of my rules. So here's another example of a rule. Many times traveling in business takes you away from the family. And that creates tension because I love to go and speak at different conferences, but I hate being away from Amy and the kids. So another example of a rule that we have is that I will not be away from Amy and the kids for more than a three-day period, more than twice in a month. Does that make sense? Yep. So like... If I'm gone for one trip and that's, you know, more than three days, that's like the one trip that month that I can take. If there's something else that pops up that's going to take me away for more than three days, then I'm forced into a decision. And the decision is either I don't go on that trip and that has happened you know, like many times where there's things that I really wanted to do, events I really wanted to speak at or masterminds I really wanted to attend, but it violated this rule. And so I just, I made the decision. I just didn't go. So that's one option. Option two, we do this often, is that I bring Amy and the kids with me. So for example, recently, like I had my own mastermind and then I had another mastermind that I was part of. So two masterminds. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to miss either of them. So Amy and the kids came with me and that was for my mastermind in Miami. And so that was just fun. Like we had, you know, fun time. We still got to see each other and uh, same rules apply. Like I spend my mornings with them. I spend my, you know, evenings with them and then they have fun during the day. And we also tack on, you know, days on the front and back to go do fun family stuff. But that's another example of a, of another rule. And I think as entrepreneurs, it's so easy to just, you know, go with the flow and you just get into, you know, doing whatever happens and it's not intentional and I think when you're trying to raise a family and build a business at the same time, you got to be intentional about keeping the priorities a priority. Otherwise, things will just, you know, slip out of whack. And before you know it, you know, three years, five years, 10 years has gone by and you're like, what just happened? Like, where's that time gone? So, yeah, I just give credit to Amy in that sense. She's really kept that right in the focal point And then we just create rules around
0: it. I love that. Just like family mm. rules, otherwise known as boundaries. <laughs> it's, really, <laughs> yes, exactly. it's really, really smart. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing since having Penelope. I just like, we used to have this problem where work would just seep into evenings and weekends and every date we went on, we were just talking about our business. It's just not like that anymore. Like as soon as we yeah. had a kid, it was just like, Oh no, no work is done. Like I'm done yeah. at and yeah.
2: that's
0: it. And we just don't really work on the weekends very often. And when we go out for a date night, now we just talk about our
2: kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get it. I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love hearing your rules about that, though. It inspires me to think about what kind of rules I want to set for myself, or, or at least like what rules I have that maybe I haven't actually articulated, that they're more unspoken and maybe actually writing them up.
2: Like, here's another example, like one of my other friends and colleagues, her name is Christina Etheridge. So she has a, her own business. And, you know, last year she made her health a priority. So that was top priority. And so one of the, you know, rules that she made was that she was to be in bed by nine o'clock every night, no matter what.
0: I love that rule so much.
2: <laughs> totally. Right. And so what happened was that like, it's fascinating because like, you know, we would be out for dinner, for example. And she would be like, okay, I, sorry, I got to cut it short. I've got to, you know, head back. And this would be at like 830. And we'd be all like, what do you mean? Where are you going? Like, you know, we're just getting started. And she's like, no, sorry, this is kind of like one of my rules. And I saw her like, you know, stick to that rule time and time again, because getting rest and getting sleep was a high priority for her health. And so I think just whatever your priorities are, make them a priority and make rules around it or boundaries, as you said, and then communicate that often. And when you communicate it often, people respect it. It's like this amazing yeah. thing and it just makes it easier to, you know, hold to those rules.
0: So what are some of your rules about, you know, cause you know, everybody in the internet marketing world, <laughs> and like, you know, you really know what you're doing. So I bet you, you have a lot of people asking you to do things and fun, shiny opportunities coming your way. So do you have any rules around what you say yes to and what you say no to that are as explicit as your family rules?
2: This one's tough because as an entrepreneur, the more success you experience, the more opportunities or shiny distractions are gonna come your way. So in terms of us, the rule is yes, absolutely, we have rules. First and foremost, I'm pretty simple as it relates to the business. Like for me, all roads lead through... You know, our one primary offer. And that's it. You know, basically that's it. And then everything leads to that. So if there's any opportunities that come that aren't going to contribute to the growth of that one thing, it's just an easy, sorry. It's just, it's not you, it's not me, it's just not a fit right now. So for me, it's a pretty straightforward and easy one. We really don't say yes to anything unless it's going to help contribute to that one primary offer. And so, But here's what I will say. The one challenge I do have is that we have affiliates and joint venture partners and I want to support them as much as they support me. And that one is a little more tricky, but I do have rules around that. Number one is that there needs to be a relationship. So I need to have a relationship. Like if you guys were to ask me to promote something, I'd, Immediately be open to it because we have a relationship. Like we've been friends for several years, we've done work together. Like there's a development of trust that's happened there. And yeah. so oftentimes, you know, it's easy when people approach me and there's no relationship, I can just say, you know, no right away. So that's number one. Number two is I look to see, is there a fit for my current audience? So is what somebody's asking me to promote going to make sense in terms of the big picture for my audience? And oftentimes it doesn't, you know, so that's easy. So if they pass that rule, then it's about timing on the calendar. And if there's time and space on the calendar, great. Then there's the next checkpoint that's passed. If not, then it's not a, again, that I don't like them, or I don't think their product is great, or I don't think there's a fit. It's just the timing isn't right. And so for me, those are the three rules. Number one is like relationship. Number two is fit for my market. And number three is timing. And, uh, if they pass each one of those checkpoints, then yeah, then we look to figure things out. But if it doesn't pass one of those checkpoints again, it's not a, I don't like you. I don't like your product. It's just, it's not a fit.
0: I love that. Such good clarity there. And then it just helps you not be like hemming and hawing about decisions. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the faster you can make a decision, yeah.
2: the better it is. And the less stress you experience. Like for example, <laughs> Right now, we were having a little friendly debate downstairs. Uh, I was having a friendly debate with my wife, Amy. Because Amy, she'll make a decision, and then after she's made the decision, 15 minutes later, she'll come back and want to discuss the decision again because she's changed her mind. (laughs) <laughs> we we both end up getting frustrated. I'm like, baby, like listen, let's just make a decision and move on. Like it's easy, you know. Then you don't have to have the stress of like you know debating it, going back and forth, and stressing about it. Just make a decision, to move on. And I think the same principles apply to like you know business too. Like the faster you can make a decision, the better. And that's why I like these they just make decision making easy because you don't have to think about it. It's just like do they follow the rule? Yes or no. And if they don't, no. If they do, great. And so it just makes decision-making easy and eliminates a lot of stress.
0: It does. And it also, I love what you said that it makes it not personal. Cause you know, you're you're a relationship guy. I appreciate that about you. And, but that it doesn't have to be about like, you know, I don't like you or I don't like this person or they're weird, you know, all of the things that go on in our minds cause we're human.
2: (laughs) Oh, totally. And none of us are like, you know, I would love to say that those things don't bother us. You know what I mean? Like, right. But they do. It's just human nature. Like we, it's natural to, to get caught up into that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think the more you can remove the personal relations side of it out and just have these rules. And, and if you communicate them often too, that helps because then people know the rules before they've even asked. It just makes things easier.
0: I totally agree.
1: Well, I guess like, when did your Cause what you're explaining is very, it's like simple, right? It's like, Oh, I create these rules done. You know, it's like I make decisions easily, quickly done, set up all these things. So has it always been like this for you or was this learned over time? Well, okay. Yes. The rules are
2: simple. Following the rules, not so simple. Right. <laughs> like you get tempted all the time. No, I definitely did not just like know this stuff it's come through trial and error. And, you know, even still, like when I think toward the end of last year, I started slipping me personally. And what I mean by that is like, me and I were really good about like regular date nights and maintaining our relationship. Like that's really important to us as I know it's important to you guys. Yeah. And, um, and I started slipping on that, you know, like at first it was like, oh, you know, babe, sorry, I can't make this date night, you know, because this was happening or that was happening. And, and then before I knew it, like too many things were happening and we hadn't had a date night in months. And so we got to the end of the year and we reviewed the year and we did our goals and so forth. And I realized like just how much that had not damaged our because that didn't really happen, but it just didn't like, it, it just, it didn't help. You know what I mean? Like it was like one of the, it was a priority that wasn't kept a priority. And so we, you know, recommitted to that being a priority. And, and I just think like at the end of the day, Mike, none of us are perfect, but we do need to take time to reflect and to evaluate, you know, where we are, the progress we're making and so forth, and then fix what's not working. And that I think is something all of us can do. And then the more you dial it in, the better things get. What is your end of, do you do end of year review with Amy? Yes. And I love it and highly recommend people do it with your significant other. What does it look like? Can you explain? It doesn't have to be like
1: great detail, but.
2: Well, we follow Michael Hyatt's program called five days to your best year ever. And so essentially our process is we go and we book a hotel room, just the two of us, the grandparents take the kids And usually we do it on January 1st. And so this year we did it actually on January twenty or sorry, December 29th. But regardless, it's right at the end of the year or right at the beginning of the year. We book a hotel room. It's just the two of us. And we literally just follow his program. It's five days, your best year ever. There's five videos. They're about 20 minutes long each. And it walks you through a process to review the year. And the reason I love doing it with Amy is because she knows me better than I know myself and vice versa. And so we go through the exercises together. And then we, before we go on to the next part, we discuss with each other and she calls me out on like my BS, and like, you know, helps me get realigned where maybe I was out of alignment and it's just great. We have this, it's just a healthy discussion. And I think, you know, having that period of time to review the year and discuss your goals with your significant other is important because in the day-to-day of everyday life, those kind of deeper discussions don't always pop up. You know, it's always, it's more like, you know, Hey, we need more diapers or like, Hey, we've run out of this or Hey, you know, like, are you going to soccer tonight? Cause I have this going on for like, those are the everyday conversations, you know? And so I think the deeper ones you have to reserve and block off time. And we love it. It's become a, an annual tradition for us.
1: That's awesome.
0: It is awesome. Yeah. yeah. We do something similar. Although I've never gone through Michael Hyatt's program, but it's We
1: should book a hotel next time.
0: I know. I think we're going to upgrade now. I
1: think that's <laughs> perfect. Yes.
0: Yeah. So
1: usually we just do it on our living room floor.
0: Yes. Which is very fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, speaking of Michael Hyatt, I know that one of the places where you learned a lot about running a successful membership site was partnering with him, and he's a new York Times bestselling author and a very successful publisher to create his membership site and then over time, you know, you developed kind of your own philosophy and training around it. So can you talk about for those listening who have a membership site or who are thinking about it and we I think for those listening, you would probably know this, but just in case you don't, Mike and I have a membership site called Origin and Stu was, helped us mastermind and strategize how to get that out in the world. So I'd love to know, like, what is it about membership sites that you think is smart for business owners?
2: Well, first of all, I want to acknowledge the both of you because you guys with Origin have done an amazing job. And it's just, it's so incredible to watch you guys take some ideas and some concepts and run with it and produce this incredible community. And so I just want to acknowledge you both because what you're putting out in the world is serving so many. And I know because I hear from, I don't know if I've told you guys this, like I hear from people that are part of your membership, uh, who talk and rave about the experience. And so I just want to acknowledge the both of you for that. Um, yeah. So in terms of membership, okay, here's the bottom line. Like one of the, the most important reasons I think memberships should be a part of every business is more for the stress that it eliminates than anything else. Because like in a regular business, if you're selling products one off, it's a one-time transaction. And then you're hoping that people are going to come back and buy from you again. But with a membership, you know that they're going to come back and it's very predictable. It's very stable. And what that does is it just eliminates stress. It eliminates the like, I got to go out and shake the money tree and hopefully produce some money this month. And it gives you the stability of like, hey, like we're good, like everything's okay, like we're, we can like maybe experiment over here or we can try this. And you don't have that same fear or pressure that you do without it. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And you know, I don't know if you remember this, but we were at James Wedmore's wedding the day before kind of party thing. And you were just asking me, how's it going with your business? And I was like, well, you know, it's going well, like we have a high six figure business, but I feel like we're living launch to launch. And he said to me, well, have you considered a membership site? And I was like, yeah, I mean, James has been trying to get us to do a membership site for years, but in my head, my big objection was, it just sounds too hard. Like I'll be on the content treadmill. Like I really just Mm. was like, that feels overwhelming because it feels like it's going to be pressure to deliver something new to my members every single month right now of course in retrospect i found it's that part is not stressful at all it's actually such a joy but do you hear that from people who you suggest this to that's actually not what i told you as my objection in the moment in the moment i was like i'd love to do membership but i have no idea what to do it about (laughs) i just like for those people who feel like it's gonna put them on a content treadmill like so as opposed to being on the money making treadmill now they're on like a production treadmill what do you say? Right.
2: Yeah. Well, it's common because it's the fear of the unknown and people fear the commitment of like, okay, once I do this, like there's no turning back.
0: Right. That's um, a common. Yeah. Actually. Uh, yeah. One of my really good friends was like, it would be genius for me to do a membership site, but I'm too afraid of commitment, so I can't do it.
2: <laughs> totally. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's all this fear that we have, like of the unknown. And what I would say is like, First and foremost, a membership site is like a living, breathing organism, meaning like it's never going to be the same from the first day that you launched three months from then, six months from then, nine months, 12 months, however many years later, like you're always changing and modifying because the reality of it is, is that you're dialing it in based on your members needs. So what you think might be a great idea, the members down the road may not want that at all. And so you adjust now. So, That's the first thing. The second thing is like, if you launch a membership site and you know what, you're not enjoying it, then guess what? Just shut it down. Like it's totally fine. Like no, no big deal. And in fact, one of the women in my mastermind, she's doing just that. Like she has a, a membership site with hundreds of members, like producing thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars a month. She's shutting it down because her business is pivoting. You know, it's starting to go in a slightly different direction and the membership no longer makes sense. And so that's totally doable. Like, in fact, I've had people who have shut them down. I've had people, I know people who have sold them. I was talking to a gentleman, uh, Chad Collins. He had a a membership site for Lego enthusiasts (laughs) and, um, and it was, they had thousands of members, but similarly, it just didn't fit with the new direction that his business was going. So he sold it. Like he sold the business. And it's a great business to sell, by the way, people love to buy recurring revenue businesses, That's another discussion topic. But anyway, so what I'm trying to say is that you've always got the flexibility. You're always in control of what you choose to do. As far as the content treadmill, that's just a strategy, you know, play, meaning thinking through the content that you can produce in small periods of time. So one of the things that, you know, I shared with you then, and is that when we were designing the strategy for Michael Hyatt, he was somebody that did not have time to produce content on a regular basis. He was out on the road. He was speaking constantly. And this was one of the big reasons that we were looking to create a membership was to give him more time at home with his lovely wife, Gail, and his five daughters and his grandkids. And so it was hard. Five because I
0: didn't know he had five
2: daughters. Wow. Five daughters. Yes. Crazy. Whoa. Like, I just think the challenges I have with one. <laughs> <laughs> like five of them that would be uh, good for him amazing why he's a he's a great leader so anyway yes from a content perspective we had to think through like okay how can we maximize the use of Michael's time and long story short we developed the content so that we could produce over a year's worth of content in six days and people like when I first share this with people they're like come on like what how do you do that but the strategy was simple. We would essentially schedule three two day video shoots a year. And in those video shoots, they were jam packed like boom, 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 boom. We'd be cranking out all these different video, you know, pieces of content. And then the team would go and produce those afterwards. And so for him, from Michael's standpoint, he was committed to those six days and we would create more than a year's worth of content during those six days. And so that, boils down to a good and effective content strategy. And most people don't have one with membership sites. And this is unfortunately the challenge. They go into it thinking that the more content that I produce, the more valuable the membership site becomes. And they don't really know what content they're gonna be doing on a regular basis. They just know I gotta produce a whole bunch of it. And it becomes this hodgepodge of kind of a place where there's just a whole bunch of stuff and there's no clarity, no direction, And people are come in and they're just like a deer in headlights. They have no idea what they should be accessing, where they should go to find stuff, and they get overwhelmed. And that's the number one reason that people cancel and leave a membership site is overwhelmed. So the more simple you keep it, the better it is. And this is the thing that I want everybody to write down. The value does not come from the volume of information you provide. The value comes from the speed of which people can implement the information you provide. And so it's not about volume. It's about speed of implementation, meaning how quickly and how easily can people take what you're sharing and actually apply it because when they apply it, they get the value and that's why they stay. And so this whole content treadmill myth, it is absolutely a myth. If you have a great content strategy, if you don't, well, listen, you're going to be running on that treadmill all day long and ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) You, you want to keep it simple. And not only do you want to keep it simple for yourself, but you want to keep it simple for your members as well, because they are not looking for a ton of information. They're looking for the right information that provides some clarity and direction.
0: Yeah. We actually just took a piece of, so we had four pieces of monthly content a month. And we surveyed, just like you were talking about, like your membership is a living, breathing thing. We surveyed our members and there was this one piece of content that they just weren't into. So we just took it away. Yeah, and like, easy peasy. it was like, Oh, I'll just, okay. We're just going to do less. Nobody cares. It, I mean, yeah. It's really like such a profound thing to think people will be happier when you give them less, but more meaningful.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got to share a quick story with you that emphasizes this as well. So a friend of mine, his name is uh, Paul Evans. He runs a membership site for youth ministers called teen life ministries And similarly, he did a survey to his members and he asked if we were to remove one component from the membership, which component would you miss the least? (laughs) What he found out was that people would, they wouldn't miss anything that he was providing inside of his membership except for one component they wanted one thing. And that was for these, uh, youth ministers, he provided a PowerPoint presentation that basically gave them a sermon that they could use every Sunday. And so the youth ministers didn't care about all the other content. They didn't even care about the community. All they cared about was this one PowerPoint. And so the same thing, he like basically said, okay, so he stripped everything else away. And it simplified what he had to provide and cut his workload by, you know, over 75% and he only had to do the one PowerPoint and everybody was still happy. Everybody still stayed because that's the only thing that they really wanted. And so I think it's so easy for us to get caught up in like, Oh, I got to provide so much because we think that that's where the value comes from. That's not. And uh, knowing that and understanding that makes our lives
0: easier. We don't have to provide as much content and our members are happier. It's a win, win, win. It totally is. And it's actually like a really important life lesson too, that it's like the power, it's, you know, I mean, hello, this is, we're not the first people to talk about the importance of quality over quantity, Um, but it is such an important, I, I mean, that applies to every area of your life, right? Like we could think, oh, well, I should spend 12 hours a day with my kids. But if you're annoyed and distracted for 11 of those hours it's not really worth it versus like for you setting the rule. Okay. I'm going to come home at four 30 and I'm going to spend the evenings with my kids and I'm going to be there.
2: Absolutely. And it's easier too, for you, because your mind shifts. Like I don't, for me, when I'm in work mode, I'm in work mode. When I'm in like at home mode, I'm at home mode. So I'm, you know, wrestling with the kids. I'm walking with the kids. I'm, you know, spending time with Amy, like, it's a total shift in mindset, but it having those, like the boundaries and the rules that we talked about earlier, it's just like that switch goes on and off. And then the same thing, like with your members, like they have less to think about and to worry about. And therefore they're much more likely to take action on the few things that you, you provide them. And that's where the value comes from, you know? And that's what makes it so exciting because people, when all the noise is stripped away, now it forces them to focus. And they're much more likely to take action and much more likely to get results.
0: So segueing from that, can we talk a little bit about retention? Because, you know, one of the things that we've learned is that the name of the game in your membership is, yes, it's lovely to have a ton of people sign up, but then it's keeping them. Yes. (laughs) Right? And keeping them within your membership. And so I'm just curious, what do you see are some of the most, like within, let's say, your the tribe students or your mastermind people or people you private coach with what have been some of the most effective strategies that they've implemented to keep their retention high that it's like, Oh, we were tanking and then we did this and you know, people stayed.
2: Yeah. Okay. So a couple quick ones that I think are easy for everybody to implement. Number one is to create anticipation for upcoming content. So think of it like a super tiny mini launch for your next month's content. And all we're doing is we're just creating anticipation for what's to come so that people are looking forward to it. So for example, like when I, okay, guilty admission, I am a huge fan of the show 24. When that show was on, like my wife and I, like Amy and I, we were hooked, like, and it was really bad guys, like We would get to the point where, like, we didn't have the patience to wait, like, week to week when each episode was released. We would wait till the whole season was done and then, like, binge, like, nonstop. And the thing that they would do so well is that they would, like, tease the upcoming episode. So Amy and I would have great intentions. We'd say, okay, like, one episode tonight, just one. And then we'd get to the end when Jack Bauer has (laughs) saved the day and then something catastrophic would happen and they're like, you know, what's going to happen in the next episode? And we're like, Wah! and so we'd have to watch the next one, and then the same thing would happen, and the same thing. And so, what were they doing? They were creating anticipation for the next episode, and it get it. it just, you, I, we were hooked. And so, the same principles apply to our membership site. If you create anticipation for it, and you tease it out a little bit, and you, you know, you I, I don't know, have some fun with it. Like it creates. Desire to want to consume it. And so people stick around because it creates an open loop. So that's a huge one. And it's an easy one. Whether you have free content or paid content, doesn't matter. Create anticipation for your upcoming content.
0: Right, yeah. That's, I mean, that's one. A great, number that's two, great for blogs or podcasts or anything.
1: He's got to do number two. Be Totally. Beep. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do in 24. I love that. Oh. Show.
2: Yes. Beep.
1: <laughs> yes exactly okay so we well, so know Creative he's on designated, designated survivor. survivor now right have you seen that show i did not know that no so well, well, he first, uh-oh. so <laughs> he moved to designated survivor and i have to say it like allows me to relive a little bit of the 24 Wait, well okay is it is it as good as the 24
2: no definitely not okay dude they've also got a new 24 i just found this on netflix yeah it's a tv show <laughs> Yeah, but like oh, maybe maybe I'm out of the loop. Gosh, and now I'm feeling like I'm I'm out of the loop. Well, but the mean, new one's pretty good too. No, too, but yeah. I haven't seen the new one. Oh, it's it's pretty good. Totally different, you know, like new, you know, cast, but right. same addiction. <laughs> yeah, 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 I <laughs> understand. It. I love it. Okay, so number okay. 2 for this. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Focus too. Okay. Number 1, <laughs> great anticipation. Number 2 is just your onboarding process. So so much of People's perception of your membership happens the moment that they log in. And if there is any seed of doubt that is planted because they can't find what they're looking for, they're confused, they don't know where to go, they don't know their next steps, any of those things, a seed of doubt is planted. And that seed of doubt now creates a lens through which they see the entire membership. So if they have a bad onboarding experience, now they're seeing the entire membership through that negative lens and it can absolutely impact how long people stay. The opposite of that though is also true. If they come through with a positive lens right from the get go through that onboarding experience, now they see the membership site in a totally different lens. Now here's the interesting thing. I first discovered this cause I'm you know, constantly reading about membership sites and subscriptions and just, you know, keeping up on the trends and so forth. Women's living magazine, they discovered that or they discovered one thing that tripled their retention and all it was, was they improved the onboarding experience and they gave people their best content in that first month. So they thought about like, okay, what is like the juiciest content that we have? And they used to have these 10 reports and they would drip those reports out over time. And they would save the best reports to last thinking that like, okay, like the best reports, the last one. So people are going to want to stay all the way to get that final report. That just wasn't true. What happened is that they decided to experiment and they gave their best reports up front. And now what happened is people had a even better experience in those first few months. And now they were looking at the membership site through a positive lens and they tripled their retention because of it. And so the lesson for all of us is that onboarding experience is really important. There's a few key things to think about. Number one is like when somebody first comes into the membership, what's the first thing you want them to do and think through that and communicate that. So that could be like, Hey, come introduce yourself in the forum or in the Facebook group, or it could be like, watch this, you know, membership tour. So you, you know, see uh, where everything is and where you can find things or take this survey or like, you know, answer this quiz or check out this piece of content. Like whatever your first step is that you want your people to take, make sure it's clear And obvious. And then number two is like with your onboarding process, make sure that there's something juicy that you can give them up front so that now that whole experience in your membership site is framed in a positive light. Does that make sense, guys? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm just over here taking notes <laughs> so for this class, too. Excellent. <laughs> I'm just going to I'll be, um, I'll be getting, on, getting on Zoom with our team directly after this call. <laughs>
2: that's hilarious.
0: No, that's super, um, super helpful because, you know, it's so crazy how we humans are, like how many times we have to hear things sometimes mm-hmm. before we get it. Well,
2: and here's the thing. Don't beat yourselves up because the reality of it is, is that with retention, it's never like one strategy that's like, you know, completely going to turn things around. It's more like a whole bunch of little strategies that contribute to this overall effect where your people just love you, love your content and, it becomes a no brainer for them to continue to pay each and every month. And so it's never one thing. It's a whole bunch of little things, but you know, these little things matter. And it's, you know, you said it at the end of the day with memberships and subscriptions, it's just about keeping people happy. That's where the money is made. Like you get paid based on your ability to keep people happy. And as long as people are happy, they're going to continue to stay. And so that brings me to the third retention tip that I want to give everybody. There is nothing more compelling or a bigger reason why people will stay than them getting results. Like, if they get results, it makes it super easy for them to justify to themselves, like, well, of course I would stay because of this one thing or that one thing has helped me make this amount of progress. But here's the problem with a lot of membership sites a lot of membership sites don't have a measuring stick by which people are able to see the progress that they're making as a result of what they're learning inside the membership. Now we call this a success path, meaning, you know, where are people and where do they want to go and then what do they need to do along the way to make progress toward their final transformation or destination. But oftentimes we don't have a measuring stick. And so it's very vague. And so people can't connect Here's where I was when I came into the membership, here's what I learned and here's how it's helped me make progress. And so it's just like a whole in their mind they just see it as a whole bunch of information and they can't remember where they learned stuff or what actually contributed contributed to helping them make that progress. So another huge important factor with membership sites is to have that measuring stick or that success path and then help people get clarity in terms of where they are on that path and what their next steps are to move along that path and make progress. Because if people make progress, they will stay.
0: Right. Amazing. I love that. I love your clarity around this. It's super helpful. <laughs> I'm just so no. It's just like having the greatest time learning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for those who do want to know more about running a membership site and some of these, like to just dive a little bit deeper I do recommend you head over to katenorthup.com forward slash tribe because Stu has a great free video series going right now called, what is it called, Stu? The Recurring Revolution. Okay, and, that's what um, I thought it was called, but I didn't want to screw it up.
2: Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, it, I'm super proud of, of this workshop. It's totally free and starts March 15th and runs to March 25th. Yes, March 25th. But you can find out all the information by going to Kate com forward slash tribe. But in this workshop, we basically break down a whole bunch of areas. Number one, we talk about how to identify like whether your market is a good fit for a membership site. And we give you like a way to evaluate that. So you can basically go through that whole first part of the workshop and you'll be able to determine like. Is a membership site good for your market? If you don't have a market, it'll help you identify a market that is good for you. And you can be able to then have a base to work from. Then, in the second part of the workshop, we actually go deep on what we just talked about, the success path. And so I talk about how to map it out and what the elements of the success path are. Yeah, so that we walk you through that because that's a critical component. And in the third part of the workshop, this is where we kind of like blow open the lid. Like this is where we basically outline all of the areas of a successful membership site. And we give a download in that third part of the workshop that is ridiculously valuable. It's basically, you know, gives you everything you need from a, <laughs> from a successful membership standpoint. In fact, we had a number of people, one woman in particular, her name was Thembi Benki, I think it was over in Africa. And she was from, where was it? It wasn't Kenya. It wasn't South Africa. Uh, I want, I'm going to mix this up, but it was, I know she was from Africa. She launched a membership site just based on that training in the third part of the workshop. So I'm super proud of it. I absolutely, I'm proud of it. You'll get tons of value and uh, we'll be there answering questions along the way as well. So definitely uh, come join us. Kate forward slash
0: tribe. Thank you so much, Stu there. This has been so much fun just to get to know you a little bit better and, and learn about the trajectory of being a dad being membership site Jesus, <laughs> 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 and running, and running a, a stress-free, you know, relatively stress-free business.
2: Oh man, sorry. I I'm gonna go to bed chuckling about uh,
1: membership Jesus. <laughs> I just, uh... Go tell Amy that when you walk downstairs now, you just please address me as membership. (laughs) From here on out, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know that I would do that, Mike, because I again like to live a
2: low stress life. I think (laughs) her reaction might create a little stress.
0: (laughs) So great! And of course, people need to listen to your podcast, which is called Marketing Your Business.
2: And mm, yeah. Thank I you for that. It.
0: I love it. They're bite-sized pieces. I learn something super practical every time. It's like 10 minutes, an episode. So definitely listen to the podcast and, and check out Stu over at Stu.me, which is the easiest website to remember ever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thanks. Stu. I, uh, what I love about you guys is that you two are committed to just constantly evolving yourselves. And, you know, I just want to, you know, again, acknowledge you both for the evolution of that you guys have gone through in the last few years with personally, but also in your business. And, you know, it's just, it's awesome to watch. And I love how you continue to serve and grow with your community. And I I love what you've done with origin. We already talked about that earlier, but yeah, it's just been a pleasure getting to know you both over the last couple of years as well.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks dude. And we look forward to more. (laughs) Yay. Have a great rest of your trip in Costa Rica.
2: Thanks buddy. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.
0: Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you. Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living to learn what they are. Go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.